Welcome to the 157th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, Comcast recently made some changes around the 600 megahertz spectrum they bought at auction. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so T-Mobile announced that it was going to first lease until 2028 Comcast's 600 megahertz spectrum that they bought at auction in 2017 for like $1.7 billion. And in, in 2028, they would buy somewhere between 39 million pop coverage, including New York and, and a bunch of other markets, to 110 million pop coverage for somewhere between 1.9 to $3.3 billion. So it's like a 6.6% annual return. You know, you can nowadays get that much from a CD if you're really good, right? So it's not a great return for Comcast. And T-Mobile gets more 600 megahertz capacity. Right, because... They already had a 600 megahertz national license, correct? Yes, absolutely. And this adds like another 10 megahertz to it. And pretty sweet deal for T-Mobile. And, you know, when you look at it, it's it's 10 megahertz, most of it. It's TDD spectrum, so pretty flexible. Valuation-wise, it's roughly where where the 800 is, but that's 7 by seven up and down link, which is not as useful for what T-Mobile or what Dish says it needs more time to buy it from from T-Mobile. So that's quite interesting. What's other interesting is that the sale and the transfer of the license would be in 2028. So this doesn't affect all of T-Mobile's financial guidance because it's not going out five years out, right? And so it's a pretty sweet deal for them. What's really interesting, right, is this comes from the 600 megahertz auction, and Dish argued very adeptly that only small carriers should be allowed to bid on it. And, you know, like them and Sprint, who they bought afterwards, right? You mean, you mean T-Mobile argued that that only small carriers should, should be able to bid on 600 megahertz? Yeah, and that they were a small carrier, right? Right, right. That was the funny part. And so they were able to buy this as the biggest of the bidders and, and got a ton of spectrum. And it will be very interesting to see if the FCC uses this in 2028, right? Who knows? To resuscitate the, the spectrum screen, which fell away to enable T-Mobile to buy Sprint and become the second largest carrier. And so now the second largest carrier buys more spectrum in low band. I don't know what they will do in 2028, but it will be interesting. Well, I mean, spectrum screens are usually a function of the HHI or Herfram-Dahl-Hirschman index, right? And I think 
you know, one of the things that probably T-Mobile would say here is that their penetration in small and rural markets is much, much lower than their penetration in larger markets. And so to the extent this is good coverage spectrum that would work well in large markets as well as small markets, you know, they're less likely to have to divest in those markets where they have lower penetration. But I, I do think it's an interesting question. And we'll see kind of what happens with that, right? Yeah, we'll see what, what happens. You know, it was quite interesting. This week was the Bank of America event. and. And Verizon was asked if they would have bought it. And they were quite peaked and were like, you know, we're not commenting on competitor moves. And But it almost sounded like that they were never even asked, right? Now, rightfully, they don't have any 600. But I thought it was very interesting. And it has also interesting implications for, for Comcast's hybrid MBNO strategy. You know, they launched... What last week their CBRS network in in Philadelphia, and you know it looks like that they think that they can cover what they want to cover with their CBRS licenses alone, and makes a lot of sense because you want to put it in the highest density places with the most traffic. And and pay the least for for tower rents, and so looks like that they don't need the six hundred, right? Yep. Well, what is the stat? Like ninety percent of people are in the same place ninety percent of the time, right? So if you can cover with Wi-Fi, why not? With Wi-Fi, CBRS, you cover the core of cities. And you can get to a lot of capacity very quickly. And rural America, which you need to cover as an MNO, if these tower sites are by far not as profitable, and some of them are probably even unprofitable when you put in all the, the, the prices, but you need it for nationwide coverage. And so Comcast can can nicely outsource the most expensive part of operating the network to Verizon, pay from what we can tell a pretty well, good rate. For now, outsource the cost, but not the revenue, right? And so it's like, I can't wait for the financial analysts to wake up to this, of how Comcast and Charter are almost engineering super owner economics of insourcing the most valuable part of being an MNO and outsourcing the least profitable parts to to Verizon. Well, you know, it's ironic too, because for so long, T-Mobile's network footprint was so much smaller than Verizon and AT&T's. And I, I remember having T-Mobile service, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And, you know, if you couldn't see see buildings, you probably didn't have coverage, right? If you're driving out in the middle of nowhere type thing. And this has really kind of flipped this on its head, right? Where now T-Mobile has extensive coverage ass- or at, you know, spectrum assets with which to cover rural areas and is, is bolstering kind of a coverage layer like 600 megahertz. Meanwhile, the MSOs are doubling down on you know population density and owner's economics where people actually live. I think it's really interesting and 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 you know 
flipping the model on its head in a lot of ways. Yes. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.